This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Clock Dodgers? Welcome to another episode of the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host, Neil. I appreciate you guys for joining me. This is actually episode 71, I want to say. If you're not counting like 15-minute breaks and whatnot, um, episode 71 uh, we have a special guest on the episode today. It's a return guest. It's my my good friend, Elliot Christ. Uh, you know him from previous episodes. He was on here not too long ago. Um, you will get all his information on where to follow him, how to support him and whatnot if you don't already do that. So you'll get that um, in the episode and at the end as well. Um, but again, Elliot Christ is the, the guest on the show today. Uh, it was a great conversation. He's lots of fun to talk to, smart dude, um, real down to earth, humble. So he's always fun to have on the show. Uh, before we get into the show, I just got some housekeeping to do here with you guys. We have the two uh, official Fantasy Rings sponsored leagues coming up um, that I will give all the details. Hopefully by this weekend, I have all the details for you guys. But um, a bunch of people have already hit me up um, asking how to get into these leagues. Um, I'm going to try to get some special guests in the league as well. Uh, just spice it up a little bit, you know, just to make it a little more fun, uh, just to add to it a little bit. Um, but it will be based. The, the basic premise of it is you you will donate ten dollars to a charity. Uh, once you do that, you will be entered into the league, and the winners of each league. Uh, I'm not sure how many teams we're going to do yet for sure. Um, but again, I hope to have everything, uh, you know, everything settled and put in stone this weekend coming up here. But um, the winner of each league will get a ring from official fantasy rings um, that they're providing to us to, to do this. So to help charity, to help sponsor the Clock Dodgers podcast, that's what, what, that's what they're doing. They're awesome guys. Uh, OfficialFantasyRings.com is where you want to check them out at. Uh, you can get, they, have, they have a lot of fancy rings on there, man. I'm not even going to lie. They got some fly, fly rings on there. Um, but if you want to go there outside of this contest, go there for your league. Get yourself a ring. If you use the code uh, Dodgers20, you'll actually get 20% off. That's what we're doing special for our listeners. So I wanted to make sure I got that out to you before the episode started. So if you wanted to go place your order now, go do it, baby. Um, I just, of course, always want to tell you guys to go check out clockdodgers.com. Lots of great contributors. We, We are adding more contributors by the day there. And there's a lot of great content coming out, a lot of hardworking content. All I ask that you guys do is please support those guys. Um, please, you know, retweet their articles. Um, please comment on them. Please show your friends, your family, um, because those guys are working extra hard to pump out some great content for you guys. Shout out to Fantasy Football State of Mind on Instagram. If you guys have Instagram's account, an Instagram account, I highly recommend you go follow his account. Um, su- super good football content on there, fantasy football content, just general football content. Um, but he's also a good dude, uh, who is super supportive of others. So fantasy football state of mind. If you're, if you're on Instagram, go follow him now. And of course, the last thing I want to ask you guys to do is if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Um, I don't act, we we don't, we don't ask for much here, right? All we ask for is that, um, you guys, you know, support, 
what we do. We support what you do. Um, and so all we ask is if you can please subscribe to the podcast, uh, if you're using iTunes on the Apple app, uh, whatever, you know, whatever form of uh, podcasting app you're using, um, please subscribe to the podcast. It's, it's the simplest, quickest way um, to, to kind of show love for us, to, to show support for the product that we put out there for you guys and for the guests that we bring on. Um, there, there's nothing that means more to us. The other way, of course, to help is by reviewing um, the podcast. Even if you don't want to sit there and leave a big review on iTunes, you can just hit the five stars and submit it. And that's more than enough to help. Um, you know, again, new people who haven't aren't a part of the Clyde Dodger family yet, but are, are interested. They don't know what it's about sometimes. So they see those reviews and that's what they go off of. So it's super critical that you guys help out in those ways if you can. If you're already subscribed, if you've already reviewed, then even better if you can tell a friend about it or a family member about it. Just just spread the word however you can because the bigger and the stronger the Clyde Dodger family gets, the better this thing gets every single time. Uh, we just keep ramping it up, ramping it up, but it all comes through support. If we don't get the support um, needed to get that push, it's, it's harder, you know? So um, if you guys can do that, it's super appreciative. Um, again, uh, same thing for the contributors on the website. Like I said, the, the, the best way to help those guys is just to show your love for their articles. Um, talk to them about the articles, retweet the articles, get them out to as many people as they can. Um, and if you're interested in supporting other, in other ways, of course, you can always buy merchandise for the clock from clock Dodgers. You can visit cloudodgers.com, order shirts, wristbands. There's even a PayPal, um, donation tab on the website where you could just donate. Um, just, just say thank you for the contributions from these guys, articles for the podcast that we put out, whatever it is, but that's not even important to us. What's most important is your word of mouth and spreading that out and just getting it to as many people as possible because we create this content, um, to feed the people, right. To, to give you whatever break you need, whatever passion, uh, motivation you're looking for, whatever, uh, fancy advice you're looking for. Um, if you just want to, you know, kick it and laugh, uh, to whatever conversation we're having and whatever special guests we have, um, that's what we love here. So um, continue to support us. We'll continue to support you. Um, that's what we're here for. I want to. I don't want to hold up this interview anymore. This conversation with Elliot Chris, it was awesome. So let me go ahead and just get us to that interview, and I'll catch you guys on the other end of this episode later. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. Welcome back, Clock Dodgers. I have a special return guest. He was actually here recently, not too long ago. Uh, I got Elliot on the line here with me. You were just here right after the NFL draft, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I was everywhere after the <laughs> NFL draft, but I was, I was here. I had, had a good conversation with you and Adam. Um, I'm really excited to be back, though, and talk more than just NFL rookies. Yeah, so we're back. You're back. You have a, a new badass microphone. You're coming through all nice and crisp. I'm sure everyone could, uh, can hear the difference. We're Adamless today because his mic. So he's he's got a Clock Dodgers band right now. Um, but I'm happy to have you back, man. It was fun last time, so I wanted to you know get to this again and have another conversation with you. How's, uh, how's life been, man? Everything been good? Yeah, no complaints on my end. My AC broke the other day. It got fixed, but... I was working Monday, and it was 90 degrees in my room. Oh, and man. 
It's amazing when things are 90 degrees, how you become agitated over the littlest things in the entire world. For sure. I, I just less than like, I think it was like a few months ago, um, our AC just would not keep the house cool at all. Like we would run it at like 70 degrees all day long and I'm in Florida. So um, it gets hot as shit here. And so I got three kids, uh, you know, my wife, everything. I'm like, I cannot keep doing this. You know, it's getting too hot. Like running it at 70 and it wasn't even getting cool. So we had to replace the whole unit and all that crap. But in Florida, you can't you can't mess around with it, man. You know, like it's way too hot here. So it's like you can't mess around with no AC or, you know, a bad AC. So I feel your pain, man. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I'm in Jersey and the last week and a half, two weeks has either been 100 degrees or thunderstorms. Wow. So. Yeah. Sounds like Florida, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of like Florida. So so everything's been good other than that on your end. I mean, you know, since we last spoke, any, anything anything major happening? Any, any interesting changes or anything going on in your life? Honestly, just, just working just all working. the time. Just working on football stuff, trying to uh, come up with new ideas, new processes, trying to show things in a different light than they've been shown before getting training on all kinds of new different pff processes so even though it's the off season you know i, I i'm still working five six days a week eight ten hours a day trying to do as much as i can to learn as much as i can and share as much as i can yeah that's what i was going to mention to you because you know we are in like you know obviously it's the nfl off season but it's like the slow part of it now like we're past the draft we're past all that there's no otas right now all that's done so we're kind of in this like lull that everyone like hates when it happens but but like you said you're you're constantly still still doing stuff right like it never stops i know a lot of fantasy players the you know i guess i don't know if you want to call them like the uh the average player or the you know, the novice or what, but they, they typically, as soon as fantasy season ends, they just stop. Everything stops. Um, and they don't even think about the NFL, but you, it doesn't, it, that doesn't happen, right? No, <laughs> it's just a constant process. That's how it does. You know, that's, that's the way you win games, man. That's how you get good at this stuff. You just keep, keep doing it. But, um, as far as you, I mean, you were saying you're always trying to look for, for new things to do. Um, is that because there's so many people doing it now and so many people with all these, that with their takes and different angles, are you just always constantly looking like, I don't want to say reinvent yourself, but like a new way to look at things? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone, if everyone does the same thing and you can figure out something different, you have an edge, an edge on people. Um, especially if you can do something like that in DFS, then you're looking at something that no one else is looking at. Then that gives you a huge advantage in something like a tournament. Right. right. Um, try to get differential or differentiate yourself. Um, so I think all that kind of stuff is huge. And to try to think bigger picture and not just take a stat um, and try to really look in, into why things are the way they are and what really matters and what things are just coincidences and all that stuff. Um, it's fascinating because if you, you look hard enough, you study hard enough, you watch enough tape, you start to find different things. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, people you know who have listened to the last episode with you, we, we've talked about it before, You know how, how hard you work at it and, and everything that you're doing. Um, I, I kind of threw this on for this episode. I, wanted, I asked a lot of guys as far as guys from, all, from, from everything, not just fantasy football guys, but guys who do, who do whatever, people who do whatever. Um, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this, though? If you weren't doing... The fantasy football stuff, the NFL analysis, all the stuff that you spend a majority of your time doing. What would you be doing, man? So is this for like work or for yeah, I mean, life? I, yeah, I mean, I guess just in general, you know, if because obviously you dedicate a lot of time to that, right? So if you weren't applying that time to that, do you know? Do you have any idea what else you'd be doing, or um, is it so? Just- when I got out of college, I got a job in finance, and that's what I did for about three, three and a half years. 
uh, it wasn't for me. So I quit to travel the world. Uh, now I decided that about three months before I quit. Of course, that's the time I fell in love with a girl. And then when you start traveling for two, instead of traveling the world, you travel the country. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just, if I wasn't doing this, I think one thing I've been doing a lot with PFF lately is PFF comes out with these new graphics every day with different charts and players in it and all this different kind of stuff. Right. I really enjoy graphic design and trying, to, I, I got my degree in marketing. So something along those lines where kind of advertising presentations, um, graphic design, something along the lines of that. So, I mean, that's cool. You, you brought the part about you traveling the country, right? Um, yes. So how long did you do that for? Um, well, it, it never really stops. If I'm not <laughs> if I'm not doing this, my girlfriend wants me to be traveling with her. That's so, fair. Uh, but I've been doing that for about two years now. What, what I mean, or I, a year and a half. This is totally spontaneous. I had no clue you did this and stuff. But um, as far as like doing that, you guys travel a lot. Is, is there anything that like surprises you guys like that? you didn't expect when you travel to these different places i mean you're you're still within our country right and within the united states but is there anything that like you that surprises you as far as that stuff goes um or is it just kind of taking in everything and I'm, you know visiting I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to think about all the different places we've been but it's really interesting where depending on where you go the different attitudes towards people like we went to austin texas for example and um everyone is just so laid back and everybody's like we went to the bar and there was 20-year-olds or 21-year-olds and 60-year-olds and nobody cared. <laughs> the, right. cl- the big bar area by me is Hoboken. If you're like over the age of 28, everyone's like, what are you doing here, old man? <laughs> uh, the other thing is how good the food is around this country. Oh, my God. Like th- when I went to Austin, we had Franklin's Barbecue or I went to New Orleans and had anything there, the beignets, the – California, Maryland, the crabs. It's just sometimes you're like, you know, being obese might not be the worst way to go about <laughs> life. Like I know, listen, I love Matt Harmon and I respect the hell out of him. Um, and I mean, I, I try to work out and stay in shape and stuff like that. But sometimes some of this food in these different areas, I'm just like, you know what? Not moving and just eating this for the rest of my <laughs> life is the way to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's kind of, you know, Matt Harmon was on a couple of episodes ago explaining the, the weight loss, and now you're going to make everyone put it back on, man. That's, uh, that's listen, fine. That's fine. <laughs> for a New Orleans beignet, I would trade my entire Dynasty team every single time. Oh, man. That, oh, dude. Like, I'm sounding real fat over here, but like, my, I just... <laughs> I just stop functioning when I eat it. Like it's, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even know what it is. What is it? It's, it's like a powdered donut. It's just like fluffy goodness. That's, I just, it's just, it's that, so. That sounds like a great description. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> Man, that is awesome. You're making me hungry. You're making me want to visit <laughs> New Orleans. So I guess we'll, we'll get off of this for a second because, you know, Matt Harmon's got me trying to lose weight. And now you got me trying to gain it. I'm confused now, man. But that's awesome that you do that. And do you, do you guys like document it or anything? Because I think that's so cool to like kind of just travel all these places. Do you guys like take anything with like from those places, or do you take pictures in these places? Like, do you guys do anything to document? Are you like on a chart going to certain places, or you guys just go spontaneously? So, I got my girlfriend a map where we can kind of put in different all the different places we've been, and she's um, she loves to take pictures. So she's taking pictures of everything, and. She just actually started this food blog um, called Delectable Eats Montclair, 
uh, because the town I live in in Montclair is really known for all their food. So she's starting an Instagram to post all the different food we've gotten from all these different places. That's cool. Um, and do stuff along those lines. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool that she's doing that because, you know, I feel like a big part of, of anything we do as far as documenting things, like the journey is what's important. You know what I mean? Like just show people what you're doing and like they love that. So that's pretty cool, man. I mean, I didn't even know you did that. That's awesome. So that, that that's that's pretty cool stuff. I've always wanted to do that, but you know, obviously, like I said, I got kids and stuff. So you guys just hold off on that, man. You guys gotta, you know, once you get those things, they start changing the game for you. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm gonna definitely try to get some of that fluffy goodness in New Orleans, man. Sounds, oh, sounds tempting. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> if, like if I was in prison and I had to get a last meal, I think dessert's a pretty lame last meal. But <laughs> I think I think that's what I would go for. That 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 really puts it on the on the map man i have to try that out i wonder if anybody listening knows who that is i've never heard of it even a beignet yeah um i've never heard of it french if, if you google it uh, i think it's b-e-n-i-o-t don't quote me i'm so bad at spelling thank god for thank god for spell check but um it's bad to be a writer that's terrible at spelling, but <laughs> I feel you. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I wish I would have known this beforehand because what, what we're going to jump into is the Clock Dodgers rank them, which um, people who've been listening to the show know that I basically give you three choices um, and you just rank them first, second, and third in your opinion. I would have added desserts in here. We could have added places, destinations that you've traveled. I could have added all kinds of stuff, but I didn't know this side of you, man. I only know all the fancy football stuff and some basketball and all that kind of stuff. You got to you gotta talk about these travels a little more, man. I, I do. I when I, I miss it then. Where is it at? Um, well, I, I haven't traveled since March. Okay. I so went to California in March. And then January, right after the season, I went to Austin. Other than that, I've been traveling. I think your picture on Twitter is like you traveling, right? It, was somewhere, it looks like you were somewhere. Yeah, not, we went to Tortola. <laughs> we went to Tortola, which was incredible. That's awesome. I don't even know where that's oh. at. Man, you're just naming a bunch of stuff. I don't even know what it is anymore. The food, Tortola the places. A, it's an island that's in the British Virgin Islands. Okay. It's just it's just like paradise. Other than the fact that the bugs are bigger than you are, like it's amazing. We went to we actually got this villa and we stayed at this um, private beach, and um, they had there's like I don't know 18 of us on the beach. There's snorkeling. There's all that stuff. Um, and they have this guy that hangs out and just makes drinks for you all day long just island drinks it's That's the best amazing. time ever we actually we we rented a boat and um and actually did snorkeling at an underwater uh national park which is pretty cool yeah so you're um, living it up left, over there oh yeah i mean i i'm surprised i'm still with my girlfriend because i left her for dead when i saw a giant barracuda oh, and i was man. like i'm out i'm out and i didn't get her but it's so messed up well, it's one of us has to live to tell the story. This is true. This is true, and you're telling it. So you know, <laughs> you made it out. <laughs> but that's awesome, man. That's cool. That you document, and you said that she has. You said she has an Instagram or something. That it, can can people go to this to check it out and see as you guys do these things, or is it just? Oh, you said it's the foods and everything too, right? Yeah. So she actually just started it this week, but it's. Um, you might not know. Me, it. You might have to check it really quick since it's new. I, um. It's uh, delectable eats underscore Montclair. There's only there's only one picture, but there there will be many soon to come. Good. Um, good. Well, from all these stories, man, it sounds like it's going to be a necessary follow. So, anybody who has Instagram, 
definitely follow that if you have if you don't have it get it because it sounds like we're gonna see some some good food and stuff there man. so <laughs> we'll definitely so we could track elliot's journeys man so what, what we'll do now though is we'll, let's jump over to the rankum since now i'm starving and thinking about traveling the world um let, let's bring it back down a little bit here really quick we're gonna do cloud edges rankum you didn't do this last time i don't think we had it when you were on last time but basically like i said i'm gonna throw out categories to you and and um choices in those categories and then you just rank them in your opinion you know first second and third uh you know which which wherever you feel like they go um so the first one we're gonna jump into uh this was actually um suggested to me i believe it was from at two drink minimum and he said um a category that he wanted to hear about was the titans why receivers target shares obviously the titans wide receivers group has has changed a lot since the uh, offseason because they drafted davis they signed decker um, they had matthews there who surprised some people last year so uh, we want to know man how, how do you rank these three as far as target shares wise in your opinion um so just um i'd go decker one matthews two davis three um Decker's going to work the slot. We've seen Mariota really like that with Delaney Walker. He probably takes a lot of Delaney Walker stuff. Davis is a rookie wide receiver. I, th- I think when we talked about him last time, I told you about how much I wanted him to spend time in the slot. Right. And then and then they drafted Taewon Taylor, and I was like, no. And then they signed <laughs> Eric Decker, and I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> um, and now Matthews is the forgotten man. He's pretty much free now in all leagues. Um but anytime there's one receiver on the team with chemistry with that quarterback and he produced last year at a high rate, I'll, I'll take my chances on him. So I'm going to go Decker 1, Matthews 2, Davis 3. All right. And with you saying that, so so do you think also fantasy-wise that Decker will outperform them too? Or do you think that just target-wise he will get the most? Decker has the highest – is the best red zone threat too. So it's tough to beat them. When Decker has the most targets and right. is the best red zone right. threat. But Davis has the best big playability. Um, Decker's like a one-year redraft guy or a dynasty guy you you get if you need one year's worth of production. Um, I think Decker kind of just hurt everybody, right. including himself, in terms of possible landing spots. But helped Mariota so much. Um, I think it's a situation where it's better NFL than fantasy. Yeah, better for the team, not not for the fantasy guys who who really care. All right, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and and I do think, like you said, I think people are going to now kind of underestimate Matthews. They're still going to be in love with Corey Davis, obviously, and especially in Dynasty, you know, it makes sense. But um, they do need to temper it now that they got all these guys there, um, and not to mention they're going to run the hell out of the ball. So um, it'll be interesting, man. But it's going to be a fun team to watch. Um, it'll be good. The next category is worst reputation for a job. Okay, so worst job reputation. We have a used car salesman, a psychic, and a telemarketer. In your mind, man, where, where do you rank these guys as having the worst reputations? It could be from personal experience that you've had with them or just your opinion on you know how you feel about them. So when I see used car salesman, the first thing that pops in my head is that Josh Gordon got this job. <laughs> so the guy that couldn't stay in the NFL because he smoked so much weed and they still hired him anyway, I kind of want to put that one. But every time I pick up a telemarketing call and I hear that voice, I immediately hang up the phone. Um, and psychics only exist in fantasy football. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go telemarketer worst psychic second worst used cars mail salesman third worst 
but you're basically losing all of them. Yeah, you're losing all of them, and, it, and it's fair to to kind of temper the the uh, the anger towards the used car salesman because you are going to the car place. You know what I mean? So you're kind of asking for it. The telemarketer, psychic like, too. Yeah, the psychic too. So like the telemarketer, like you said, they're the ones just harassing you, man. Like you don't want that call. They're calling you. They're bothering you. So I gotta agree with you, man. I mean, the the fact that they're coming to you. It's the issue with the telemarketer. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, man, all, all shitty reputations. And again, if you're one of these things, hey, we're not knocking we're not knocking the player. We're not knocking the player. It's all good. Um, the next category, um, your go-to for falling asleep. Now, I like to I like to always have this caveat that you may not do any of these three things to fall asleep. So if you have something that you put above all these, um, please let us know. But three things I kind of threw in there that I thought maybe were kind of common things um, are, you know, putting music on, like on headphones or something, uh, watching the TV, just letting it play, or listening to a podcast. Maybe if you know one that's kind of a boring one, it's not really a good idea, not a good podcast, I guess. But uh, which, what would you, what order would you rank these for going to sleep as far as your first, second, and last options? Um. Well, these are obviously the PG versions of the favorite. Yeah, things to I, I, I was gonna go the other way, and I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I think it's comfortable going there with that. So we'll play PG. Nah. But if you have a rated R suggestion, feel free, Elliot. Um, <laughs> You're on the spot. I, now. I I love falling asleep to the TV, um, like throwing on a Netflix show. Yeah, just my thing is like, like I just watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I don't think it's necessarily like this great show. But it's kind of stupid funny. They're 20 minutes that I can fall asleep to it. Right. I fell asleep to um, House of Cards the other night. And I had the craziest dreams about <laughs> negotiating everything. And I was like, okay, <laughs> not watching that before I go to bed. Um, music kind of really depends. Um, You'd have to have a certain I, kind of music, right? Because certain music amps you up. So it's like, right. it would count. And plus, a lot of times I like to sing to the music, you know? So it's like I get too focused on the song and I don't, you know, knock out to it sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've I've gone to bed tried, trying to listen to music and then all I do is stay up and listen <laughs> exactly. to music. Um, podcast isn't, I want to start listening to more podcasts and maybe, I mean, you have a great podcast and you can help me with the suggestion. But so often when I would want to listen to a podcast is when I'm doing something else. And right. then I find myself either listening to the podcast and not doing what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing or doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not really listening to the podcast. So I'm trying to find more times in my day that I can uh, start doing podcasts. Yeah. I, I would say as far as listening to them, I mean, obviously the easiest is I would say either in your house if you're like cleaning or something, you know, where like you don't need to be crazy attention given to it. You're just kind of going through it um, or in your car, like if you, if you travel a lot. But if you don't travel a lot, it's kind of hard to um, to like get, you know, knock out episodes, you know. Um, so it really depends. Obviously, your work you know most people don't want to slack off there so uh it's hard yeah. but if you could keep it separate you know kind of in the background but it's hard it depends on what you're listening to you know there's all kinds of podcasts so it depends on what you're listening to it for and how much how much attention you have to give to it um, oh i used to love listening to uh podcasts on my way to work yeah that was that was the best time for me too or if you like if your job is like out you know what i mean and you're not like dealing with people necessarily it's really easy but um if you're in an office all day or something it's hard if you have to like pay attention to things really you know really real attention to detail but i guess if you can coast through them you know work is a pretty popular place i guess <laughs> yeah no it's the i mean i work from home so my commute is I mean, my bed is about eight feet away from me currently <laughs> at my desk. So that's not exactly a time to knock out a lot of podcasts. Listen, man, but you work from home. You have a, so you have a no commute. You travel in the country. You're eating all this great food. Come on, Elliot. What's going on here, man? 
Yeah, and I work for football and I'm in love. My yeah. life kind of sucks. What? <laughs> that is sarcasm, sir. Yes, that is sarcasm. People <laughs> tell me I suck it. at life. People will tell me I suck at life on Twitter, but I don't think my life sucks. Yeah, that's a, that's a go-to on Twitter. But I, I, I do think, as far as falling asleep, I think you're right about the TV. The TV can be dangerous because, like you said, if you're on like forensic files or something, you start dreaming about murders and it can be bad, man. But... Um, I think it's typically my go-to because you could just kind of let it. I don't know something about it. Like you don't have to actually watch it. It just kind of watches you and distracts you enough to just fall asleep. Um, but like you said, you can't put on something that you're too into either. I've watched so much Family Guy in my life that I can fall asleep to Family Guy, close my eyes, and the whole episode is playing with my <laughs> eyes shut, and I fall asleep. Yeah, that probably says that I have a huge problem, but. Um, that's that's one way to fall asleep too. You fall asleep with your eyes closed while watching Family Guy. So it's interesting, man. So it's interesting. So so would you rank them TV first then or no? Oh yeah, TV, TV first by far. Yeah, me too. All right. So the next one, more likely to happen. I thought this was gonna be fun right here. Lakers win an NBA championship. I I, I chose the Lakers for a reason because their fans are so crazy um, and they get so emotional. Uh, Deshaun Watson wins a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Obviously, I picked him for reasons because you like him a lot and a lot of people try to hate on him. Um, And the last one is Jets win a Super Bowl because you like the Jets a lot. So I'm interested to see. This one was really, you know, really towards you because I wanted to see you either get Laker fans really upset because they are a very emotional bunch, and then obviously two things that you love a lot. So I just wanted to kind of see where you go with everything. So I am a huge Jets fan, but I'm also a very realistic Jets fan. <laughs> they are not winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. <laughs> um, so we can just go ahead and eliminate that. So they're third. I've already staked my reputation that the Texans will win a Super Bowl in the next three years with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. So the only way – I think they may win it this year. Interesting. Um, if he starts, he's going to be able to keep them in games. He's going to be able to get the ball to his playmakers, and he's going to do what he does best, which is win games late. Um, we've already seen them in the playoffs last year. They, they were destroying Brady, but Brock Osweiler was handing them touchdowns. Um, the Lakers are terrible, too. Um, boy, their fans get super sensitive. <laughs> they do. <laughs> boy, I love I'm it because they're passionate, but they're just sensitive, too, you know? I just, like, I tweet one thing about, like, Paul George might go to the Cavs, and I'm like, well, that would be interesting. And they're like, and then people are like, well, the Lakers are going to get him. You're stupid. And I'm like, well, I didn't even, it's not, A, my reporter, B, did I say he's going there? It's just like I simply commented that something would be interesting. Yeah, La- Lakers is definitely a trigger word. But you, I got to admit, man, in the fancy circle, Deshaun Watson is a trigger word, too. If you even, like, halfway, like, appreciate this dude, like, you get a lot of people after you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because no one wants to watch football. They just want to look at a radar gun. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you get from everybody, man. I'm not that crazy about him. You know, he doesn't throw fast, all this kind of stuff. No, I was like, we, we have uh, this new statistic that nobody has cared about ever before. That's like 10-year-old data set where Tyrod Taylor threw 50 miles per hour, but no one wants to bring that up. And, and look at Tyrod Taylor. Does he have a great arm? He does. Because... Who cares? Like, Patrick Mahomes can throw 63 miles per hour. Yay! Well, one, this isn't baseball. And two, <laughs> like, if you watched him throw 63 miles per hour on NFL Network when he was having the competition with Derek Carr or David Carr, mm-hmm. the pass went, like, 15 yards over the receiver's head. Like, I don't care right, if you right. can throw 63 miles per hour and it goes 15 feet over someone's head. Get the ball where it needs to go and get it there quickly, right? So... 
people will say, well, then miles per hour. Then I'll say, well, what about the fact that Sean Watson has the fastest release of any quarterback in the class, equivalent to Aaron Rodgers? And they're like, uh, 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 there's not a metric for that. And I'm like, uh, 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 you know, ESPN um, sci- Sports Science showed that, right? And then Sports mm-hmm. Science shows that Mike Williams on the field is an equivalent athlete to A.J. Green. And what did that do? People got pissed because yep. they're like, no, his 40 time doesn't say that. I can't type him into playerprofiler.com and they tell me who he is. You know, there's a reason why NFL teams watch film, right? Yep. It's because it's it's how you can see how good of a football player someone is, right? I, I, I know we're going to get to Jordan Howard in a little bit, and I'm very excited about that. Yes, but I know you are. <laughs> I, t- uh, I was talking to Nick Whalen a little bit today because I said Jordan Howard's good at football. Um, which apparently upsets people, but I, I've learned that you can say anybody is good or bad at anything and people get upset, but for sure, um, he goes, yeah, well he was, you know, a late round pick out of Indiana and didn't blow up the combine. And I was like, yeah, but you know, he's good at football, which to me, when I care about players playing football, being good at football is the first thing I care about. <laughs> right. We can get to all the other stuff later. But being good at football is first. And Deshaun Watson has proven at every level that he's good at football and he wins games and he makes plays when it matters and he can deliver the ball quickly and accurately. So I'm going there. The only way this changes is there's this talk that the Lakers get the banana boat team next year and it's LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, CP3, and Paul George. Um, on the 2018 <laughs> Lakers. This is not going to happen, but Lakers fans are having a great time posting pictures of all these guys on a yeah, boat. Yeah, they always um, do. So I'll change it to that if LeBron goes there. But assuming he doesn't, um, Jordan Clarkson and, and Lonzo Ball aren't winning a championship anytime soon. And Brooke Lopez now. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about the slowest <laughs> seven-footer on the history of the planet that cannot rebound. <laughs> Well, oh, George is fantastic, but that team's not going to be better than the you're Pacers. Gonna have, you're going to have Laker fans mad at you, Elliot. Yes, I'm sorry. Paul George goes to the Lakers, <laughs> and they're better than the Warriors. I apologize. Please forgive me. Oh, that is a, that's a hotter take than saying Deshaun Watson's good at football. This is. You know, and what, what's funny is, like, you know, you mentioned, like, the metrics and then the game film. And, I, you know, obviously, I kind of I, I kind of see both worlds. I like both. I, I see the benefit to both. Um, and, of course, you know, you mentioned how um, sometimes the metrics don't translate to what you actually see happen, and that's kind of – the the issue the issue with it if you don't consider game film and whatnot um adam actually wrote an article recently for player profile um about you know deandre washington and uh, Jalen richard and those guys as far as the running back situation behind uh, marshawn lynch and everything in, in oakland and it was funny because um guys were talking about it about the article on twitter and i don't know if you've seen it but Jalen richard actually chimed in on it and said um he, they were they were talking about i guess you know the metrics and whatnot and he said obviously by my play you know those test numbers don't match my agility or speed and so it's like he's kind of referring to what you're referring to right where the metrics don't always match the actual performance on the field right am i right with that when i kind of made that comparison oh yeah no 100 percent. so let me start off by saying i agree that they're both important right you know what i'm saying i just value football way more Right. I mean, I know guys that say, I don't need to watch film. I can just look at his numbers and determine his football, what kind of football player he is. And it's silly. I think yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, Vernon Golston says, you're an idiot. Yeah. But um, I agree. Like, Dalvin Cook, for example, tests as a 9% athlete. And if you throw on the film, no one ever catches him. Yep. 
So is everyone else an 8% athlete in college or is there a chance that, you know, guys play different when people chase them? You know, like it's yeah, it's football. Like Jalen uh, Richard is a great example of all PFF players with at least 80 carries. He led the entire NFL in elusive uh, rating. Now, elusive rating is it basically takes the impact of a rusher and how good he is minus his offensive line. So basically what he does after the offensive line. Right. So he, he grayed out the highest, right? But, you know, he didn't test well. Right. But he watch his watch his film and he explodes. Yep. So, I mean, I'm I'm with him and I I can tell you from now I'm not friends with NFL players, but I, I know guys that played college football and, you know, my my buddies that played high school football and they all tell me the same thing. No. I care about how what you do on the field. I don't care what your test numbers are. I know guys that could test and well and couldn't play football. Right. You know, I know guys that could play football and could not test to save their lives. Um Jason Witten's a great example, right? I mean, the guy runs like three miles an hour, and he's always open. <laughs> always, yeah. Like, I I just think we're we're in such a metrics age that we've gone beyond metrics for stats, and we've now determined you are a good or bad player based on a forty time, a three cone drill, you know, your size, speed, score. Now, all of that is interesting, but there there are plenty of guys who have great size, speed scores that suck at football. Yeah, Al Davis fig- did never figure that out, right? <laughs> the end of his, that's what made a lot of Raider fans upset. You know, that seemed like that's all he drafted. You know, was off of those kind of numbers, and it seemingly most of the time backfired. So I I think we agree as far as um you know watching film and, and watching a guy play football and and metrics both have in their place. You know, you we disagree that you should never just go all the way i guess i mean I, you may think going all the way on film but you believe metrics you said you do believe they're, they're valuable to some degree right yeah absolutely so what i do is um i mean i say that i do about 70 percent film 15 percent metrics and 15 percent off field now off field includes any issues injury history all that stuff um now i'm not a doctor so i can't get too far into it but right. i want to make medical notes um but when i say 15 percent for uh metrics and people like that's not nearly high enough my point is like for example john ross if you watch his film you did not need to watch his 40 you're like that dude is fast and always open and blowing by people right so i'm not gonna mark his film score high for speed and then when he runs the 40 incredibly fast be like oh move him moving him up like i already knew that you knew that right like Mike Williams is another great example. I knew he wasn't a four 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 three guy. He was a mid four fives guy. Right. Then he runs mid four fives, which, if you ever watched the tape, was exactly what he was. And then people are like, "Dude, he's too slow." Like we've already most of that stuff is not news. Chris Godwin's a great example. He he didn't play four four on tape, right? So you go back and you watch the tape and you try to see what it is. But like that's mostly what I use metrics for, to go back and try to see what I miss. Right, to catch little things that you maybe didn't notice. That's fair, right. so that's like, fair. Yeah. And like Tease Tabor is a great example where he ran the 4.62, I believe, at the combine and the 4.7, whatever, the corner that got drafted in the second round that I was told wouldn't be drafted. But, right. <laughs> um, if you watch him play, you notice that he doesn't win with speed. He wins with his instincts. So you can't you can't calculate that by your metrics, right? Like right. what you kind of ball skills right. do you have? What kind of what kind of break do you have on the ball? And it can't just be like, well, his ball skills are how many passes he broke up or how many passes uh, he intercepted, because there are all kinds of other plays that can 
can be factored into it as well. Plus, our basic statistics outside of PFF for past uh, for like past deflections are all over the place in terms of what people's numbers actually are. So, and and interceptions is another one where people say, "Well, he had great ball skills because of interception." Well, what if three of them were tip passes that just landed in his lap, like right. Jabril Peppers' one career interception? Like, there's so many factors that I believe you have to watch um, to to understand. I agree, man. Definitely, you know, certain things only tell certain pieces of the story, and they're both valuable in their sense. That's why the only, the only thing that annoys me is when people go 100% one way. Like, they're, you know, metrics is everything. The other stuff means nothing or, you know, vice versa. So I, I think, you know, your your take on it is fair. And, you know, guys are just going to have to eventually come to that, to that agreement because, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to be super successful if you lean one way 100%, you know, all the way and ignore everything else. You know what I mean? You might as well be open-minded to things. You know what I mean? You can't you can't think you're right at at all times yeah. because nobody's right. So the the things you want to do is learn about why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like last year's a great example. Which Michael Thomas is the good Michael Thomas? Yep. Well, one had bad a bad target share. One had good target share. We're not going to factor in the fact that one played with Nick Mullins, who is PFF's highest graded passer, and one played with JT Barrett slash Cardell Jones, who couldn't hit the side of a you know of of a barn. Like <laughs> yeah. like. And I understand that quarterback's accuracy doesn't determine target share, but you know his ability to go through multiple reads does. Like, or Baylor is a great example. Baylor guys always have great target share, and we get so excited. But you know, two guys run a route, <laughs> right? Right. So if two, if only two guys are actually running routes, and the other two are just hanging out, not running routes, because for some reason that's a thing at Baylor, like. The quarterback can only throw to one or two people, so the target share is going to go up. Right, right. Like if if you if you play with a like seven or Mike Williams is a great example where he's playing with Deion Kane and Ray Ray McLeod and um, Martavis Scott and Jordan Leggett and Wayne Gallman um, and Hunter Renfro. Like there's so many options, and he still had a 39 percent threat rate. But people knock him because his market share. So threat rate, for the record, is PFS version of market share, which I personally think is better. Mm-hmm. And it's um, how many times you get thrown the ball on a targeted pass when you're on the field. So if the ball is spiked, for example, or it doesn't take away. doesn't count against you, right? Right, because it shouldn't, right? Like I wasn't not targeted because I wasn't open or wasn't. The play wasn't designed for me. It was a spike. Right. Or I'm not the, – the team didn't play 85 plays and I was in for 60 and I'm now punished for the 25 I wasn't in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're better stats than market share, but people still live on market share. So, um, I mean, I, I'm going on a little bit of a rant, but I, I just feel that you have to try to see the entire picture and you can't see the entire picture if you look at six numbers and determine who's good and who's not right now i definitely understand that and and like you said it kind of goes back to what you said in the in the beginning when we first started talking that you're constantly looking for new ways to expand um on on ways that you you know you judge these guys or you predict things or um you know the way you weigh the values on them um because you know like you said when, when it does come to metrics or film or any of these kind of uh ways of life people are always looking for the you know ways to improve it and that's kind of the beauty of all of this is that we're all kind of going towards the same goal um and we're going to constantly keep making new ways to do that you know what i mean and constantly keep getting better at it you know what i mean yeah no 100 percent. i think that should be the goal right like the fantasy community on twitter is so competitive and i get why because 
um, fantasy, A, is it started with being competitive and wanting to tell your friends you're better than them. And now it's blown up to a much bigger thing. And two, the full-time jobs are so limited right. that people are tr- constantly trying to show how much better than they are, they are than other people. But I feel like it's like anything else where if you get hired for something, people want to know they can work with you, right? Yep. I don't I don't want to work with anyone where every time anything happens, someone says, I told you, you suck. Yeah. You know, like I want to <laughs> constantly try to, to, to build my knowledge base and build other people's knowledge base and have educated conversations. Like I'll talk to anybody about football at any point in time um, and try to understand what they're seeing. And I want to I want them to try to understand what I'm seeing. Where I kind of shut off is where if I give you an opinion and you don't you just say my opinion's right and you're an idiot, that's when I say, Well, there's no point in having this conversation. Right. It's pointless. Um, right. But I, I think everything with fantasy should be trying to push the community forward. And I think there are a lot of good guys on Twitter that do that. Yeah, for sure. There definitely is. Um, yeah, so we did go on for a while about that. <laughs> but it was bound to happen anyway. Um what I do want to get to is the last one that we have for the rankums, which is, um, dang, I just I forgot who sent me this one. Now I'll have to go back and, and, and mention it later. But um, strongest bus candidate uh, when we consider an ADP, it's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, and the three players that were suggested were Jordan Howard, your boy, uh, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Thomas. So first, second, and third ranking. How, how do you rank these guys as far as the strongest chance of busting uh, when you're considering you know where they're getting drafted and everything? Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Jordan Howard. So Cooks one, Thomas two, Jordan Howard three. Which is interesting. Which is interesting because, you know, you said you wanted to talk about Jordan Howard, and you would also say that he's kind of a guy that's getting picked on this offseason. Would you not agree? Yeah. I. For some reason, we have this guy that got 1,500 yards playing 12 games on, like, 229 carries. You know, he finished top 10 in all of PFF's metrics. He was their seventh ranked back. Here's this guy that's, you know, he ran like a 4.59, which isn't terrific, but for metrics people. He, he was also 230 pounds. He's a big back. He can run through people. He can run by people. He doesn't have great hands. But you know what? He got LASIK surgery in the offseason, and now he says when the ball's thrown on him, he sees one and not three. That's got to help. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he, he runs behind a Bears offensive line with sitting long and – white hair which is one of the best interior lines in the nfl and so much of running games are done through the uh interior line like there's so many things for this guy's ceiling where for some reason nobody likes him and i think it's because he's a fifth round pick from indiana but for some reason everyone loves jay ajahi despite the fact that he was a fifth round pick from boise state and only had four good games right and his four good games were incredible but he also did a whole lot of nothing and then we say, well, he's going to get the ball thrown to him more. And then Jordan Howard says the same thing. But we're all like, well, we believe Ajayi, but we don't believe Jordan Howard. Not to mention like, Ajayi's injury history. I mean, he got he dropped to the fifth round because NFL teams were worried about chronic knees and whether or not he could last more than his first contract. Um, Brandon Cooks, first of all, Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas are fantastic players. Right. But Cooks, a lot of people are excited about going to New England. One, I don't know if you can get a better offense than what New Orleans had for the passing game. So he's getting an elevated uh, ADP, despite the fact that he doesn't necessarily have a better situation. There are a lot of mouths to feed in New England. And, you know, historically, other than Randy Moss, they haven't done a ton of work with outside wide receivers. Now, I think Cooks will be good this year, but you're basically paying for his ceiling. Anytime you pay for a ceiling, um, 
it's it's too much for me. Like I won't draft Brandon Cooks before the third round in anything. Right. Um, Which currently Michael, you wouldn't get him probably. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, he just went like two oh five in my uh, MFL twenty five that I had today. Wow. Um, before guys like Amari Cooper and um, Des Bryant and guys like that. Yeah, I don't just, I, that. And Michael Thomas. I've seen a lot of people talk about this. I really like Michael Thomas's talent. I think he could uh, be a better version of Marcus Colson in terms of what he was to that offense. I think he's a great dynasty play. I just think um, – I forget who was talking about it, but I know a lot of guys have. Where basically like his amount of targets is basically the maximum that any target uh, wide receiver has gotten targeted under Sean Payton with Drew Brees. So wow. you, start, you start to worry about can he get more – you know what I'm saying? Like how much higher can it go? Right, um, right. So I think Michael Thomas at the end of the first, early second in a dynasty makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're getting a 24-year-old stud quarterback in New Orleans with Drew Brees who's going to play at least three or four more years. You know you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 1,200 yards, eight, eight touchdowns. I just don't know if he's got that 1,500-yard, 12, 13-touchdown upside that some people are paying for. Interesting. And, and you know, with with you, you know, going on, I see, like, I see you talking about Howard a lot today and just – is it because everyone's hating on him that that you're talking so strongly about him, or is it just something you've recently seen that you feel really good about him? I mean, what is kind of the motivation behind it? Is it because everyone? Because like I said, it seems like everyone's picking on him this offseason. I uh, I was working on a Bears game the other day for PFF, and I noticed a lot of the little things he was doing. Like his pass blocking is fantastic, and so we we talk so much about hands, but he's going to stay on the field because he can pass block. Um, and then you see the way he can cut through a hole and the way he explodes and all that stuff. And it just reminded me of how excited I was about him last year. And, um, and, 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 I, and, and of course, everyone he, you know, who, who wants to argue this fact or wants to knock Howard, um, their big thing is, well, the offense is going to suck. The quarterback is going to suck. What do you say to those people? Because that's the big argument. Brian Hoyer and the Bears were good last year. <laughs> right. Right, like, like people, I've I must have gotten fifteen to twenty tweets that said it's about to be a Todd Gurley situation. One, Todd Gurley, his rookie year outside of those first four games where he was incredible, hasn't done anything. Two, the Bears' offensive line is better than the Rams' offensive line ever was by yeah. a lot. Three, they've actually shown interest in throwing the ball to Jordan Howard. Four, he, Jeff Fisher's not his coach. Someone tweeted at me that. Jeff Fisher has like five of the 20 worst RB1 fantasy seasons ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, they put a red contact jersey on the running back. Like he wasn't allowed to be hit the entire training camp. So, of course, when he got in live game action, he actually got hit. He was like, uh. <laughs> so, Jordan Howard, let's, let's say um, in terms of force missed tackles running the ball, top 10, he finished ninth in the NFL with 40. Force missed tackles receiving, he finished ninth with 12. His elusiveness rating, which again is how good he is after the offensive line, was 10th at 55.2. Compared to Todd Gurley, by the way, who was 39th at 27.8. Wow. You want to talk about his breakaway percentage, which is how much of his yardage comes from 15-plus yard runs. Basically, how explosive are you? He finished, guess, wait for it, top 10. He finished ninth, 36.9. Now, and then if we want to add something else in, his pass blocking efficiency was sixth best in the NFL. 
Like so, a whole lot of top tens there. He dropped too many passes. I I know that if you threw three balls at me, I would drop most of them. Right. But if you then only threw one to me, I'd be like, wow, this guy way easier. Now, I'm not saying he's going to become this great receiving running back, but they made it clear last year that they know he's the best player on offense, and they're going to get him the ball in space, so he can do a lot of damage. I mean. I, I tweeted this out today that in the last seven games of the season, he had 100 or more yards in six of seven games, 100 more total yards, so receiving and rushing combined. And then the one game he didn't, he finished with 99. Like, right. He was, he was a picture, the, the definition of consistent throughout the entire year. And then if you want to add in best ball or GPPs or any stuff like that, he also showed you the ability to, to have RB1 weeks where he would rush for 120 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Like with Jordan Howard, you got a running back that's 22 years old that proved that he's top 10 in all kinds of different metrics that can pass block, which is huge for being able to stay on the field on top of being a receiver that has uh, an elite interior offensive line. And that that's going in dynasty drafts, our ADP of 25.2, and you can get in the second round when, honestly, his production levels could match Ezekiel Elliott's. Like, he's got everything working for him other than his hands, which, by all reports, have improved. Right. And not, so, and not to mention, he doesn't really have any competition. You know what I mean? As far as anyone is really threatening him in any way, you know? The, Jeremy Langford's terrible. Cohen, the, the guy they drafted out of uh, North Carolina A&T, is a great return man, scat back kind of guy, kicking the slot, small guy, like a Darren Sproles kind of guy. Isn't going to take Jordan Howard off the field a ton. Um, Benny Cunningham, I get it. Benny Cunningham was on the Rams and they threw him the ball. Benny Cunningham's also not good. Like <laughs> there, there gets to a point where people just see a new name and they say, well, that's competition. Like Sometimes teams just sign players. And, like, it's for depth purposes. Like, Jordan Howard was on the field for rushing plays 66% of the time last year. He was on the field for passing plays 65.4. Like, he's going to be on the field and he's going to get the football. He's explosive. He scores touchdowns. They throw him the ball. You know, like, he's 22 years old on top of all that. Like, his ceiling is, is incredibly high. And you don't even have to pay incredibly high ceiling prices. Like, I, I tweeted this out today, but... I, if I had Ezekiel Elliott in Dynasty, I would find whoever had Jordan Howard, and I would trade him for Jordan Howard and see what else I can get on top of it. Now, I'm not saying I would do one for one, right. but if I can get a 2018 first or you know another player that'll help me win, I think that's a win trade for you. Yeah, and you probably, and I don't think it'd be hard to get it because everyone you know is in love with Ezekiel Elliott right now, and like I said, Howard's just the guy everyone's knocking. I'm, I'm with you. I agree with you on Howard, and that's why I definitely wanted to bring it up. Not to mention that obviously you were talking a lot about it, so. I wanted so, to give you that floor for it, but I, I, I'm in agreement with you on as far as he goes. Yeah, no, Clock Dodgers special right now. I'm going to tweet this out at the end of the show. Um, I'm going to tweet that I will eat this tweet, so I will print it out and physically eat the piece of paper. If Jordan Howard is healthy and plays in at least 14 games and doesn't finish as a top 10 PPR running back. Nice. Eating paper, so, man. I mean, and obviously, you've been around you've been around the country and a lot of good stuff, so paper's not high on your list. No, I mean, I'll probably put it in a beignet, so I don't know. But <laughs> Got to have that caveat there. So you know you won't taste it, but you'll do it. And that's the fun part about this. No, I, I, uh, I got you guys because, you know, I appreciate you having me on and you're letting me go on this rampage about Jordan Howard. But sometimes you got to go bold when you, when you want to make these predictions. Absolutely. So I'll, 
I don't think that's a crazy one. Top ten PPR if he's healthy. Um, I just I'm that confident that he is that level of running back. And if you can get a 22 year old stud like that in dynasty, like why would you not be all over that? I agree with um, you, man. I mean, yeah, and like you said, to me, top ten is not crazy, but the way people have been talking about him, um, it is. You would think people think it is, you know. So it's gonna be funny to see how they react to you, to your, uh, your, your eating paper here, man. Let's see uh, if people are rooting it on or if they don't want to see you eat it, man. Oh, and everyone wants to see me eat paper. <laughs> you, you know how Twitter works. <laughs> they want to see everybody eat paper, man. It's a big thing on Twitter. <laughs> so we'll see, guys. You guys heard it here first. Elliot will eat paper if, if Howard is not top 10 in PPR next season. And you played how many games? Have you played how many He's games? He's got 14. 14 games. All right. You guys heard it here. So, like, if he tears his ACL week one, I'm not. You're not eating paper. Like, I don't. By the way, people have been tweeting that lately. Like, oh, this guy's a bust. Like, if he tears his ACL or, like, Mike Williams, people are like, I told you he's a bust. Like, one, the season hasn't started, and two, like, him having a, was it, herniated disc? Like, yeah. that's not something that I'm going to come up with if no medicals pull that up before the draft. Right. Like, that doesn't make him a bust or make you right. Um, but that's a different point. <laughs> For sure. And we went deep on Clyde Dodgers' rank on there, man. That's how you know we got some good topics in there when we go deep on these things, man. That's beautiful. That was Lakers fun. fans and Jordan Howard. That's all it took. Lakers fan and Jordan Howard. And a little Deshaun Watson in the mix. That, that, that'll do it. Um, what we're going to go to next is I got a ton um, of listener questions on for, for this episode. And, um, you know, I hit up all the usual places, Twitter, uh, Fantasy Life app, uh, SleeperBot, all the different places that I, that I visit. Um, and so I gathered up a bunch of them. There was more, but I can't get them all on here. Elliot has to have a life outside of this episode. So um, I couldn't put them all on here. Um, but we can we can run through them or we can take some, you know, if you want to break some down a little extra long, that's fine. Uh, but we got a bunch here. So we'll just kind of uh, shout people out and get their questions out of the way. Uh, and then once we're done with that, we'll jump over to Fowler and O'Fowl and kind of close this thing out. But we got a bunch here. So we're going to jump into that. You ready for those, man? Of course, man. All right, cool. So let's do that. So the first one I have here is from at Swagzilla. Um, he wants to know who is in the best position to win rookie of the year on offense this year, in your opinion? Um, Deshaun Watson. Because I was going to say the well, same thing. Because, well, <laughs> quarterbacks always have the advantage, right? Like right. anytime a quarterback's going to play well and win games. I mean, the Texans are already set up to win games. He doesn't even have to necessarily be anything special to win the award. Um, but if you're going to go with a running back after that, uh, Deshaun Watson throws slow though, man. I mean, do you understand that? No, yeah, no I'm aware. I'm aware. And yeah, Greg Maddox he, was a terrible pitcher. Pick somebody so. who runs fast or something, man. No. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Ishmael Zamora for rookie of the year. But are you no, serious? Or are you I'll, joking? No, absolutely. Okay. I, <laughs> do you, I don't know if Ishmael Zamora is going to make the yeah, team. I, know. I hope he does. Just man. like Katie Cannon was the popular guy that was amazing. And then within three days was cut from minicamp. And now he's on the Jets and nobody cares. I don't know about but, Cannon, man, but I'm a Raider fan. So, you know, I'm pulling for Zamora, man. Yeah. You're allowed to. I have no. Yeah. I don't wish ill will on the no, man. I, I just I said you. he wasn't a top three wide receiver. But I would I'll go um I'll go Joe Mixon just because I think Cincinnati's gonna have a lot of quick passes because of their offensive line issues. He's a great receiving back. Uh, Bernard has the ACL ACL injury. I think he's gonna come back a little bit slower to start, especially. Um, Jeremy Hill has just is just not good unless they play the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think he's gonna kinda have the opportunity to be a, a workhorse back for a team that could win some games and right. and uh, get 
involved in both the rushing and receiving game. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that he ends up with a thousand rushing yards and 600 receiving yards. I mean, that's a lot of receiving yards, but that's the kind of big play explosiveness that he has. Uh, you can line him up in the slot. I also really like Christian McCaffrey. Fournette is going to get the volume. Um, I think those are the top guys. Yeah, and guys are excited about those guys. I mean, Mixon and them, they come up a bunch. Obviously, when I ask for questions, they come up a lot. But it seems like, you know, Mixon, for some reason, has slowly become the guy that everybody, you know, feels as far as the running backs is concerned um, is going to be the guy. So, I mean, we'll see if, you know, if he ends up rookie of the year. I would love to see Deshaun Watson, like you said originally. Um, Like you said, the quarterback position is kind of favored. You know, everyone kind of leans towards that anyway because they get all the credit when it's good and same thing when it's bad. But um, if he does well, man, I think he'll be hard to beat. Uh, oh, if Deshaun Watson wins Rookie of the Year and plays like Dak did last year, for example, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to learn all the dances that have come out in the last year so I can post a new one on Twitter every day and just at different people that called me an idiot. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> the next one is from at, I think it's Matt Bro 30 um, and He says, most likely to bounce back this season, I guess, have, you know, had their best season or something similar to their best season that they've had, you know, in the past, um, either A-Rob Hopkins or Watkins uh which one of the three do you pick um I want to pick Watkins with an aster so I think Watkins when healthy is the most talented of the three receivers and I think he's uh, has the best big play threat he's going to be the top option in the offense no doubt about it in terms of catching the ball with limited other excuse me receivers on the team um like Hopkins will have Fuller and Braxton Miller and Dorowitz and Allen Robinson has Hearns and Lee and and everybody else that they say is amazing in Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> but his foot injury really concerns me. I think Hopkins finally has a quarterback in Watson, as we've seen with the way he throws the Mike Williams, that'll give him a chance. So I think Hopkins is the safest bet. Watkins is the highest ceiling. And I think Allen Robinson actually has a pretty good chance to bust this year. Man, we're on the same page on a lot of these things, man. I agree with you. I do think Hopkins, um, you know, I, I think, like you said, Watkins may be the most talented one, but the injuries and everything kind of scares me all the time with him. But maybe he'll be back on track this year. We'll see. But I, I, I will pick Hopkins, too, and I'm not crazy about you, Rob. I just don't like um, the whole situation there, man. I know everyone really loves everything going on there, but um, I'm just not crazy about it for some reason. Maybe because so, everybody is crazy about it. So this is something that needs to be said, and when I say it, for some reason, people are either like, that's the smartest thing ever, or they, they're like, no. But the Jaguars' defense is now good, right? Right. They've now they drafted Leonard Fournette. They've tried to improve the offensive line. They said they're now going to try to run the ball more, which means, to me, they're going to score less points during the game. They're going to try to have these grind-em-out defense running it back games. Now, what has made Allen Robinson and Blake Bortles so great in fantasy... Now, Allen Robinson is an actual good NFL player, unlike Blake Bortles, but the point still remains <laughs> for this, is that they've done so much damage in garbage time. Right. Now, what happens if you take garbage time away from the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, you don't want Blake Bortles on your team. He's thrown, like, seven touchdowns in his entire career in the first half. Like, right. It's I don't know the exact number, but I know it's it's not okay. It's not that good. That number. Yeah. <laughs> and... Allen Robinson is then affected by that. So so it's not his talent that I don't like, but if if you're taking away garbage time from the Jacksonville Jaguars, why should I get excited about Allen Robinson? Right. You're you're running the ball more, you have a more effective back, you have a better defense like you said, so there's less offensive uh time or at least garbage time where they're just airing it out. So it makes total sense. Um I don't know why anybody would knock that though. 
You said some people don't agree with it? Some people just say that he was incredibly inefficient last year and the Jaguars are the Jaguars and, you know, his numbers have to go up. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting way to look at it. But I agree with you, man. I agree with your logic there, sir. The next one is from At Time to Pivot. Now, he says, T.Y., Ty, or Mike Williams this season uh, in PPR for the Chargers. Uh, if you had to pick one, obviously, I know you like Mike Williams a lot, and there's variables here with injuries and stuff, but if you just had to pick one for this season only um, in PPR, which one would you choose? So it's tough because right now I don't know if Mike Williams is going to play right. or is going to be there for training camp because if he is, then I'm going to pick Mike Williams. Um, he can build that, that repertoire up with Philip Rivers, and he's going to be a far superior red zone threat to – the Ty Williams. Ty Williams. Williams. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's right. I said um, Ty first anyway. <laughs> I, I read Ty. Yeah, that's why I said that. Um, but so I think Williams is the, the better player. I think Mike Williams. Williams right. is, yeah, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Mike Williams is the better player. Mike Williams is the better red zone threat. Um, and I think anytime you draft a receiver seventh overall and you feel good about Keenan Allen, it means that you don't feel that good about Tyrell Williams. Um so assuming his back is fine and he plays in training camp, I'll take Mike Williams. Yeah. And, of course, like you said, that's considering his health. I mean, if he if he obviously cannot go um, for whatever reason, I, I do like Tyrell. I mean, I think he, you know, performed pretty well last season, right? I mean, and nobody's seen it coming for the most part, I guess it's safe to say. Um, so yeah, the, it's an interesting the, trio, right? Yeah, the Chargers are such an interesting team to look at because people are always pun- are constantly showing, like, target share and – and Chargers receivers' numbers, but so often they're not all in the same f- field at the same time, right? right? Like Tyrell Williams blew up when Keenan Allen went down, and Keenan Allen, when Keenan Allen was there, like people were talking about Dante Inman, and we're like, who is Tyrell Williams, and why do I care? <laughs> right. Like, um, I it, it'll be really interesting to see, but because the targets are probably going to be spread around most, I'll take the guy with the highest uh, TD upside. Right, absolutely, and, and of course we don't know if Allen will stay healthy. Obviously, he's had a lot of issues the last couple of seasons, so that may make both the Williams, you know, interesting plays. So I think they're all definitely worth, um, you know, making some investments in, but just obviously not getting too crazy and and understanding, like you said, it's going to be spread around if all are healthy. Um, but a good question. The next one is from at Von Miller the Goat. He asks, late value players that have the best chance of becoming a stud. Obviously, he didn't specify how late of a player. Um, so I guess we'll just have to kind of wing it as far as that goes. But just guys that, you know, are considered later values um, that you feel like have a chance, a pretty good chance or a decent chance at becoming a stud. Um, obviously, this is super hard to predict, but let's give it a shot. Okay. So, um the hardest part is not knowing like what round is considered late round. Right. right? So I'm just going to go, um, with like 15th round or later in like an MFL best ball, take a shot on some guys. So Benjamin Watson is somebody I think is interesting. Uh, tight end out of Baltimore. He was doing real well. Then he got hurt. He's back healthy. No Dennis Pitta. We know how the Ravens have historically targeted the tight ends. Um, that's interesting. So I, th- I think he's a guy you can kind of get for free. Austin Safirian Jenkins is somebody I like a lot. Um, I love them coming out of Washington. People are going to tell me that just don't target the tight ends. Well, Chan Gailey isn't the the offensive coordinator anymore. And this offensive coordinator actually knows that tight ends exist. Johnny Morton comes from 
the Saints, who, as we know, love to target tight ends. Um, Jordan Leggett is not a guy that's necessarily going to take him off the field. Farron Jenkins stopped drinking for about 140, 150 days now, um, sober, in best shape of his life. Everett Report says that he's the best player on the field. Now, that's not necessarily a compliment at Jets camp. You, <laughs> you could just show up and be the best player on the field, but I think that's that says something about him. What, um, um, in terms, not, not to interrupt terms, you, but as far as Jets, what what wide receiver would you put on this list in the Jets? Would you put any on uh, there? Do you have any? Do you have, do you have any faith in any of these guys? You know, being a stud that are you feel are late values. So I've seen a Nunwa going like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth right. round. He's going to be the wide receiver one. He's got big playability and he's going to be forced the ball. Now the Jets aren't good and the quarterbacks aren't good, but. We've seen this work in Jacksonville. Like, I'm not saying anyone is Allen Robinson, but right. they're going to be down a lot and be forced to throw. And I know people say, well, the 49ers were down a lot and none of their receivers were good. Well, you know, they're a slightly different situation when we factor in that Chip Kelly runs the ball regardless all the time. And Colin Kaepernick isn't necessarily the guy that's going to spread the ball and chuck the ball down the field a lot. Um, I think that a guy like Quincy Nunwa makes a great pickup. I think Robbie Anderson in a last round of best ball. I'm not a huge Robbie Anderson guy, but he is a big play vertical threat, and Bryce Petty force feeds on the ball, and there's a chance he plays some this year. Um, our Darius Stewart is someone that I'm incredibly high on. If the quarterbacks do suck and they can only throw wide receiver screens, he's incredible at that. He makes big plays. He's going to get involved in the running game. They're going to do a lot of different things with him. So I think there are a lot of late-round Jets players, and I know this makes me sound like a homer. Um, and I started this off again by saying that I don't think Robbie Anderson's that good. But right. that you're going to get guys that are down a lot and forced to throw a lot. Um, and that leads to guys popping every once in a while, right? Like, I mean, Terrell Pryor is a, much better than any of these Jets receivers in terms of as an athlete, but he was incredibly raw last year, but they had to constantly throw the ball, throw the ball up for grabs, give him a chance. Um, because they were down so much and he made plays. Like, if you throw the ball downfield enough, you give receivers enough chance. These guys are all NFL players that sometimes they're going to pop something. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, when you're mentioning where those jet wide receivers are going, um, you know, the ability that they do have and then, you know, the value of where they're being drafted, it's it, I, it almost sounds ridiculous, but they're all really good values at where they're going, if that, if that makes sense. I know it sounds crazy, and, we, and we've kind of talked about, you know, we don't think the Jets are going to have a great year, and they've kind of purposely done that, it seems like, but... It's, is it crazy to say that all three of them are good values where they're going? No, I think I think you're I think you're incredibly accurate with that statement. I think everyone knows the Jets suck. No one wants any Jets on their team, so guys go two, three rounds later than they should. And yeah. Now you got a guy that could actually contribute. A um, couple other guys I like: uh, Chris Thompson of Washington, uh, P. Ryan and Kelly aren't going to catch any passes. He's got that third down back locked up. He was a top thirty PPR running back. So you're talking about an RB three. You're getting in the 15th round. Um, I like um, Cameron Brait this year some, too. They're probably going to line him up in the slot, get uh, get him involved. O.J. Howard, I think, is fantastic. He's going to have some big games. Cameron Brait's going to have some big games. Um, but at, quor- probably- at, at quarterback, do you feel like Tyrod falls into this conversation? Oh, 100%. Every year he falls in this yep, conversation. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to mention. Because I feel like every year he falls right in this in this conversation, and every year he proves it wrong, but he just ends up back here again. Yeah. And then everyone last year, when he had that like slow three or four-game stretch, people were like, 
we knew this was the year. And yeah. then Tyrod Taylor, there he goes. He has his running ability makes him so valuable, and he's not going to stop doing that. Yep. So I think he's a terrific late buy quarterback. Um, he's going to have some big games because he's going to get some rushing touchdowns, right? So if, if he has a game where he has sixty rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, that those eighteen points are really hard to make up for with a quarterback that doesn't run at all and gets four points for a passing touchdown. Um, so I think that's a great call by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Taylor Gabriel is a guy that we saw do a ton on his targets last year. Um, Paul Richardson is a guy we saw do a lot in the playoffs. Tyler Lockett's going to be coming off the broken leg. He's got a chance to make some big plays. He looked fantastic in the playoffs. Man. Yeah, he did. Really um, good, making some ridiculous catches. Yeah, and like Wilson's got an amazing deep ball. Seattle always has these guys that randomly pop. I like Paul Richardson. Um, you know what I wonder? I, I, I don't know your take on him. What, what about someone like, I know you, since you watch a lot of film, you see what guys do on the field, not necessarily speed and all that kind of stuff. What do you think of someone like Ted Ginnett with New Orleans now that Cooks is gone? We've seen how he did with Cam Newton, just launch him the ball. What do you think about Ted Ginnett in New Orleans? Do you, do you care about it at all? Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good pickup for what they do. I mean, he's not Brandon Cooks. Right, right. He can get behind a defense. I mean, two years ago, Cam Newton had, what, like eight more touchdowns if Ted Ginn could catch. I mean, Ted Ginn's drops is, is a huge yeah. thing that makes fantasy players sick. And he's um, so hard to predict, obviously. You know, the guy dropped so many, and then one game he'll go off. You didn't play him. But I was just curious because, you know, you, it's hard to ignore Saints wide receivers because you just know what the offense, you know, does. And I just feel like Cook's leaving. You know, everyone thinks Thomas is going to go off, obviously, and it's understandable. But I was just, you know, obviously, I think Willie Sneed will have a good year. But I was just curious. Ginn's just a guy that we tend to ignore, you know, and I just feel like for good reason a lot of times. But I just, you know, he always comes to my mind now that he's on that team. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. No, I think that's a really good call because he's going to have a, he's going to have a week where he has 120 yards and two touchdowns. More interesting be in best ball, obviously. Probably. Yes. I was going to say in MFLs, and I've seen him go uh, kind of right around where he should go. Um, I know I'm in a league with Evan Silva, and I can tell you exactly what round he just took him. Oh, he did take him? Yeah, because I was planning on taking him. <laughs> uh, he went in the first pick with the, in the eleventh round. Okay, it's not bad. So that that seemed reasonable. I took Quincy Nuno over again. I was trying to get Gann on the way back. But, okay, yeah, I like Nuno better. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, I, those are the kind of guys you got to think of, right? Like Randall Cobb isn't going to be a late round guy, but he's going in like the seventh or eighth round. Right. That's that's too low for a Packers receiver that can make plays. And be targeted the way he is. Right. It may um, not be looked at as a late round, but for him, it is too late. Right. Like Pierre Garcon is a guy that is going to be in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. He's done a lot. He had a, coming off a great year. They paid him a lot of money. He's by far the top option. Like he's going in the seventh round. I I want all the Pierre Gar- Garcon I can get. Absolutely. Like, you you wanna you wanna try to think outside the box. Say I don't care if my guys are on bad teams. You know my team total might be twenty one compared to the guy that's thirty one. Now I would love all guys on the thirty one teams, but you got to pay premium prices for that. So who's gonna have game scripts as a receiver that says that we're gonna have to throw the ball a lot? Who's gonna be the top target? And who might have two catches for twenty yards going in the fourth quarter? But when teams have to play off coverage because they don't want to give up huge chunk. Uh, in one play, he's getting 15-yard catch, 12-yard catch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now you have a great game where it's not necessarily a great NFL game. 
though the numbers might suggest it, but like it's a great fantasy game. So I, I think it's really important to try to think of guys like that as well. Absolutely, for sure. So I mean that, that was some pretty good recommendations there, um, and, and I think we covered you covered every position. So um, we did a pretty good job there covering that one. Hope you like that Von Miller the goat. You just got bombed with some good late plays. Um, <laughs> taking notes. Um, the next question at Joji Dogs um, with all of the uh, Gillespie hype in New England, are people forgetting about James White? Yes, I mean, <laughs> like James White annoys me. Any Patriot running back tends to annoy us, but obviously yeah. everyone loves Gillespie this year. That's kind of the, the crazy thing is like in playoff DFS, like I was pounding the table for for James White and what he can do. Right. And then the one week it doesn't matter because I'm not playing the Pro Bowl slash Super Bowl slate. <laughs> like he goes off and wins and just destroys the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you couldn't do that one week earlier. So that's why James White's in my doghouse. That and I hate the Patriots, and I didn't want them to come back and win that game. But <laughs> and the Patriots are so interesting because they got James White, Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, and and Gillisley. Like I think Gillisley is the most talented first and second down back uh, goal line back, and I get why people are really excited. Shout out to Ben Cummins, who's the the leader of his fan club. But um, yeah, Ben's awesome. Yeah, love Ben. Ben is Ben's the man. But if you friend of the show. If you if you if you mention anything possibly not nice about Gillisley, you will hear about it on Twitter. Um, I'll be all along, but, yeah. Yeah, but uh, James White, I, I think it depends on where he goes. Like he just went in this MFL that I'm in, uh, last pick of the ninth round. Okay. So that that seems fair. I mean, a couple picks after Tyrell Williams and Eric Decker, right around, right after Duke Johnson, I'd take him over Duke Johnson. But before guys like Kenneth Dixon, who, despite the fact that he suspended, looked awesome last year when he played. Um, so I, th- I think he's going at a reasonable rate. Right. You know, the Patriots' backfield obviously, you know, worries a lot of people because, you know, history tends to show that, you know, it's hard to to predict, you know, where things are going to go because the Patriots just tend to mix things up a lot. Um, so unless, you know, you like playing Nostradamus or something it's hard to you know to to feel comfortable like really safe about a player but um like you said you know Gillespie is uh being highly touted this year and by some smart dudes so um you know that that's definitely the guy it seems like but James White you know like you said you're not being forgotten necessarily you know maybe rightfully so where he's going instead you know no I I think I think that's the exact way I would describe it where I think Gillisley has made his price reasonable. Yeah. If Gillisley didn't go there, I think people would be all on the James White hype train. Exactly. Even though for a while, people were all on the Rex Burkhead hype train. <laughs> yep. Before they signed Gillisley, that's who everybody was talking about. That's interesting, um, man. Nostradamus, I'm telling you. You gotta be him. <laughs> that's the fun backfield. Fun backfield. We'll see how it plays out, man. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, some guys are gonna go all in on Gillisley. Shout out to Ben, and I hope it works out for him. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, man. The next question, uh, at Ray, I want to say LeVay13, um, which rookie running back do you like more this season? You kind of answered it earlier, but um, he's asking this season and long-term, um, McCaffrey or Mixon, um, you know, which I don't know. Obviously, it sounds like you like Mixon more earlier. So I like Mixon more this year, but when Stewart's probably gone after this year, I think McCaffrey – 
will take control of that backfield. McCaffrey's a better receiver than Mixon. That's saying something. Um, this is a tough situation. I mean, this is like pick pick which one is your favorite kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm going to pick McCaffrey because Mixon's a bad person off the field, but <laughs> like on on the field, I just I just love both these guys. They have all the abilities to do everything you'd want. Yep. For running back, uh, three down. Pass catchers, explosive guys, both can run between the tackles. Both are incredibly shifty. McCaffrey's knocked for his power, but he has great leg drive. He pushes the pile. Like I, I really like both these guys. People are afraid of McCaffrey. Some right because of the the team he's on. They don't feel like um, they've ever um, you know dedicated themselves to a player like him as far as what his role is. But again, like you mentioned often with these guys, when you put a lot of draft capital on these guys, you're doing it for a reason, right? I mean, yeah. you're not like, hey, this guy doesn't fit our offense. We don't ever play to this guy's strengths. Let's draft them. They are drafting them for a reason to play to their strengths, you know? So whether they've ever done it before or not, it's really not a matter at this point because they have him now. They have a player that fits it and they're going to do it. That was the point of drafting. Yeah, I mean, they don't, I've heard, well, Cam Newton doesn't dump the ball to running backs. Well, Cam Newton hasn't had Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. He will plus now. <laughs> Newsflash, Cam Newton will dump the ball now. <laughs> yeah. And also, McCaffrey can play the slot and all that other stuff. Plus, if we're going to be honest, there are certain people that have issues with McCaffrey because of his pigment uh, issues. It does um, exist. Oddly, it you know, does exist. I, I I was amazed. What's his name? Gil Brandt put out his top NFL running backs in NFL history today, and Ezekiel Elliott was 26th, which is a topic for another day. <laughs> but I was amazed as to how many white running backs were on there. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it yet. I haven't even looked at it. There, I mean, interesting list though to say, say the least. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys that are like from the sixties. Um, because, but I mean, I I think it's one of those things where McCaffrey is a white running back, and we didn't, haven't seen a white running back succeed in the NFL, right? Other than Peyton Hillis, and he's that was a one year thing, and he doesn't look anything that him and Peyton Hillis couldn't be any more different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of I don't want to say ignorance, but I guess that's kind of what it is. Um. McCaffrey is a good football player if he was white, black, you know, Indian, Hispanic, whatever race <laughs> you want to make him. Um, he he's just a fantastic player. I think there are a lot of concerns that are unjustified with him. We will see, man. I think Cam Newton will agree with us, man. He's gonna dump the ball off a little more. Um, the next question is from Johnny B. And his his Twitter handle is uh, Slick. I think it is Slick one one seven. Um, he asks, would you trade a 2018 first round pick, uh, which he says is a, is a mid, um, mid round pick and will fuller for digs in PPR dynasty. So it's funny cause Johnny's actually in one of my, uh, dynasty. Leagues. He is. I, I, and I know he was, I knew he was, I didn't know. I was like, is this a question for Elliot? Does Elliot no, have digs? I don't, I don't have this, <laughs> but Every day I get an offer with Will Fuller in it. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want Will Fuller. So, yes, Johnny, please, for the love of God, trade Will Fuller so you don't offer me him anymore. But I also think um, it's a it's a steep price tag, but it's one that makes sense to me. I mean, Dix is the top option in Minnesota, assuming that Treadwell doesn't take that over, um, which there's no reason to assume that, uh, to think that Treadwell would take that over Diggs. Right. Um, Diggs is shown to be a good route runner. When he's healthy, he's been explosive. Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, either one of them are accurate. They're going to be able to hit him quickly. That's one of the things they like to do. He wins quick at the line of scrimmage. Will Fuller is a big play threat. 
that's going to be tough to be consistent. I mean, Deshaun Watson had a very accurate deep ball, um, but he's not a guy that's going to throw the ball 70 yards down the field. Right. So uh, Hopkins is still going to be the top guy there. Miller, Fedorowicz, um, I don't know how many targets Will Fuller can realistically expect. Um, Obviously, he flashed really early, and people were like, ooh, you know? So the, you, some people don't want to give up on that. Do you know what I mean? They seen yeah, that, plus he was, and a, so he was a first round pick, yeah. right? So I'm sure people last year spent first rounders on him in Dynasty, right? Like, um, I get the Will Fuller hype. It's just he's got to show me that he's more than a deep threat that drops a lot of passes. Like people like to say, is he Deshaun Jackson? The question you wonder is, is he Ted Ginn? Right? Like, right. is he? So if he's Ted, if you believe it's and the question is John Johnny, what do you what do you think Will Fuller is? Because if you think he can be Deshaun Jackson, you say no. If you think he's more of a Ted Ginn, then you say yes. Right. Now, the eight, 18 mid, you're talking about a four to eight pick. I mean, there there's a lot of talent in next year's draft, whether it's uh, at the running back position, which is stacked at the top and deep. The wide receiver position has a lot of guys that people are going to get excited about. Quarterback, and the, right? Yeah, I was about to say the quarterbacks next year that are going to come out are going to be incredible. Like Lamar Jackson is a very hotly debated quarterback. But if he does get drafted to play quarterback, and his running ability is going to be insanely valuable in fantasy. Um, and in a 2QB league, like a lot of dynasty leagues are, people are going to overdraft him. So it, the question is, what do you think Will Fuller is? And I would say if you think he's Deshaun Jackson, I would say hold Will Fuller in the first. If you think he's Ted Ginn, I would say take Ted uh that's fair it's a perception thing so it depends on how you value your guys so yeah i I, and i agree with you about Diggs. i think he has a super high ceiling i think he has a better season than last year the offense is obviously getting better so um i like Diggs a lot so we'll see um but you know like you said it depends on how you feel about fuller we all know what that first round pick can be so um just depends on how you feel about fuller he's kind of the uh, make or break in that deal for you um, the next one, I kind of bunched a couple guys up in these last ones because their questions sort of were kind of similar, and I just wanted to knock as many guys out as we can. So um, this one is uh, I kind of combined at MMT and at Robert1011 or 1011. Um, what do you think of Rivers this season, and what do you think of M. Gordon, uh, Melvin Gordon's value? So two Charger questions. They were kind of they both kind of mentioned both guys, so I just kind of threw it all together. So what do you think of Rivers this season, and what do you think of Melvin Gordon? You know, for a Raiders guy, you got a lot of Chargers questions. I do, man. The Chargers, that's, a, that's like the hot team right now. Like, a lot of people love that offense right now, you know? So they're, they're, they're asking questions. They're excited. And they don't want to love my Raiders. And that's fine, man. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, ra- your Raiders are a better football team, yeah. so I wouldn't worry that much about it. But <laughs> um, Phillip Rivers, I mean, like, we're, we're talking about Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, Melvin Gordon, and uh, dump-off situations. Even Travis Benjamin's got big playability. Like, We've seen him historically do pretty well. like, And now he's got the best weapons of his career. Right. I like Rivers, especially where he's going. I mean, he's not being drafted as a top-ten quarterback, and he's probably going to end up as a top-ten quarterback. In two QB leagues, I think he's a goal. Uh, I think he's fantastic because, like I just said, he's a guy that can finish as a QB1 that you don't have to pay QB1 price for. Um, the Melvin Gordon... Um, I know Scott. That's Scott Barrett's one of Scott Barrett's guys this year, and I agree with him. I mean, Danny Woodhead is gone um, to Baltimore to play the six games before he gets injured. 
But Gordon, last year, we saw him get receiving uh, targeted a lot. We saw him get used frequently in the red zone. We saw him get the ball a ton. And this guy's a first-round pick. He's got a ton of talent. He hits big plays. He's got good vision. The offensive line isn't terrific, but teams are probably going to be more spread out because they can't load the box because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are back. Like, I really like both these guys. Can, I think can can Gordon be better than last year? Yes, he can be a more efficient. Okay, because he had a lot of. Um, so let me ask you this: Jordan Howard or Melvin Gordon next season? Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Okay. Like I'm getting a little crazy, but <laughs> I would put Lashawn McCoy as RB four next year, and Jordan Howard as RB five. Nice. Okay. There won't be there won't be many of you that will rank them there, so that's good. I'm, I'm as I say that I'm thinking like, am I crazy? But I, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Listen, you got a bunch of people who want to see you eat paper, man. So <laughs> either way, this is gonna work out <laughs> for someone. So I'm happy with it, man. But yeah, so so I mean, it's hard to not like Gordon. It's hard to not like Rivers. Um, it almost seems obvious, you know, that they both have good value. But uh, it'll be you know, it's hard to knock them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to knock either one of them. So yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, Rivers' price tag is better than Gordon's price tag, right? Yeah, there, there's some interesting quarterbacks, man, price tag-wise, potential-wise, but he seems like one of the safest ones. You know what I mean? He's just one of the safer guys and, and a good value. So it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. The next one, at JTune762, if you draft Mixon, which we've discussed earlier, you, you do like Mixon, so you will draft him, um, will you try to handcuff him? If so, what round and which running back? No, I would not try to handcuff him. I I think the handcuff strategy is overused, um, especially in something like Dynasty. Right. Um, I, I want to try to just get as much ta- as many talented players as I can, um, because if he goes down, it's going to go back to a Bernard um, Hill split, and right. then in that case, I would want Bernard over Hill because of the PPR, but. Um, I wouldn't touch Hill. If I had to pick one, it would be Bernard. But um, and then, I, I would say, and, and that's the issue with handcuffing, right? Is number one, you're never going to get the guy more than likely that you lost, right? In the, in the starter, and number two, you, when you do that, you're typically paying up for the guy because now you feel like you have to have him, um, the handcuff, and you're missing out on guys that will actually or can be starters for you regardless, you know, and you're now you're drafting the handcuff over guys that you can actually use. If no one gets hurt, you can't use that handcuff. So it's kind of um kind of silly to some point when you start getting crazy with it, right? I mean it just doesn't it doesn't make sense when you think about the return on the investment, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, I think um what's his name? JJ Zacharias uh-huh. I wanna say. Yeah. He just he just wrote a whole thing about stop drafting handcuffs. Like if this is this is a thing that's not you need to stop doing. Um, and I agree with him. Yep, we both agree with him. <laughs> Obviously, you know if it's just last round stupid stuff, whatever. But when you start, you know, drafting those guys and it costs you other things that you can actually use, it, you know, it's kind of it gets it gets out of hand. The last uh, question here that we have, I got two guys in here again at Mayhem at Mamba. Um, they they ask similar questions again. This was about prior. Um, so, do you believe in the prior hype? If so, would you pass on a wide receiver like, say, Alshon Jeffrey for prior? Um, again, I kind of combined some questions there, but shout out to both of them. So, do you believe in the prior hype, and would you pass on a wide receiver like Alshon for him? 
Do I believe in the prior hype? Yes. Um, it's amazing because we think of him as a deep ball threat, and the route he had the least amount of success on was the deep ball. Um, and he's got insane athleticism. His first real year playing the wide receiver position, he goes, he gets Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Um, like all signs are pointing up for him. So I believe the prior hype. Would I pass on pass on him? Pass on Alshon Jeffrey for him? No, I would not. Um, it's amazing, but they're the same age. Like, that is crazy. I'm going to take the guy that's proven to be a dominant receiver whenever he's healthy over the guy that has, could be a one-year wonder, an athletic freak that we don't necessarily know. So I'm, I'm going to go with Alshon because I think he's safer. And we've seen Alshon's ceiling be very similar to what everyone talks about Pryor's ceiling can be. Right. So I'll take Alshon over Pryor. It is weird that we think of Pryor as much younger and Alshon as older. But they're the same age. Like the prior thing is obviously because he didn't start as a wide receiver; he started as a quarterback. But it's just because the wide receiver thing just happened. You always think he's younger than he is, and Alshon, you just think he's older. I don't know if it's because the injuries or what, but you just you don't ever think of them as the same age as each other. But I like Pryor a lot. This is Terrell Pryor's fifth team. Yeah, like that's kind of insane to think about. Like he was on the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Browns. Like. That it's amazing that that guy has been on five different teams, talked about as much as he is, and people think he's much younger than he is. Yeah, like that's so rarely happens. So often it's, oh, we won't shut up about this guy forever. So we <laughs> yeah. just assume he's like forty. Yep. I mean, you got to give him credit though, right? Because I mean, he he wanted to be a quarterback. He stuck to that and 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 gave it his best shot, and it didn't work out. And he was willing to to try something else, right? Um, we, we've seen guys like Tim Tebow, for instance, who didn't seem willing to try the other thing and just said, leave the sport, and now he's playing baseball. Um, but, you know, you, we got to give Pryor some credit for that, right? I don't think anybody talks about it really, but it's a pretty interesting story um, that he went from this guy who, you know, had a good college career, wanted to be a quarterback, you know, didn't, nothing really worked for him as far as that goes and was willing to change, willing to be humbled and, and give something else a shot. And now he's like super good at it, at least from one year of, of history shows. Um, it's an interesting story, isn't it? No, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I always liked prior at Ohio state, not as an NFL quarterback cause he couldn't throw really, but yeah. as an athlete, you know, he was always incredible. He was working with Randy Moss, uh, and the guys that were working with him were like, dude, this guy could be awesome. And we got to finally see it last year. You know, any to, to get sappy for a moment, but uh, for a minute, but anytime you see any player, you know, chase a dream, it gets told to them that it may not work out. He's got to change stuff up and then to, to hit it big and then make it. I, I just think it's an awesome story, regardless of whatever happens from here out, whether or not he's just kind of a, a good receiver or whether or not he becomes a great one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and you know, I, obviously I, I've mentioned all the time that I'm, I'm a Raider fan. And when they drafted him in the supplemental draft, I was, like, excited, obviously, because, you know, he had a lot of talk about him in college. And I don't know if you remember when he when he first got a chance to play for the Raiders as quarterback, he ran, like, a 99-yard touchdown. From, yeah, like, the I do goal remember line. That. I was, like, so amped. I was, like, yo, this dude's going to be so great. And then, like, obviously it didn't pan out the way it did. But why didn't he just try wide receiver for us, man? Why didn't he try? Oh, that would be a fun team right now, right? With Terrell Pryor, yeah. Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree. That'd be crazy. You guys wouldn't even need Ishmael Zamora. <laughs> Ishmael Zamora coming out. Some Zamora coming in the fourth, man. Fourth wide receiver on the team. No, we'll see. We'll see. I've actually man. heard Cordell Patterson is doing incredible. Yeah, he's been lighting it up, man. He's been lighting it up. 
I stay um, obviously really close to this. You know, I I keep an eye on everything them, and they were saying a lot of good stuff about him. But there, you talk about a best ball sleeper. Big I mean, time. If some if somehow he ever learned how to run a route, I mean that's a huge if based on what his Minnesota Vikings day days. His athletic ability is off the charts, and I mean we've we've seen his flashes of his return ability when the ball gets in his hands, what he can do. Um, I think you can basically get him in the last round as a guy that may hit some home runs for you. Yeah, he's a perfect example of one of the guys that we were saying that, you know, in, like you said, in best ball and late, get him late, because he's a guy that I, I, I assume nobody really believes him anymore. And he had a lot of hype for a while and he burned a lot of people, you know, in fantasy, in fantasy terms. And so I think people have kind of given up on him, but I think we underestimate what changing, you know, your scenario is as far as going to a new team, a team who signed you. So they obviously believe in you to some extent. Um, it seems like from what I'm reading, the Raiders are putting in, you know, specific plays for him, um, which I don't, I'm assuming the Vikings did, but I don't know, or, you know, how, how much they did it or if they were tired of it or whatever the case may be. But, um, I think we underestimate those kind of things. And these are the guys that pay off for you big. Um, whether you, like you said, DFS, best ball, those kind of things. These are the guys that, you know, when you hit on them, everyone goes, Oh man, you know, how come you were thinking about that and not us? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and it might be one of those things that because everybody hyped him up so high, it's like nobody wants to be the guy to to do that again. <laughs> but it's amazing because when he came out, I was kind of like, uh, yeah. I was like, I don't want the Jets to draft him. I was watching him and I was like, he's explosive, but you know, he's got a lot of like flaws in his game. Yeah, for and sure. then and then now everyone's like, oh, he sucks, and I'm kind of like, wait, but. You know, not that bad. <laughs> now maybe we could like have the upside. You know, before we were, it, it gets. I'm rambling a little bit here, but basically, with any player, you wanna you wanna look at price tag. You know what I mean? Like, right. What is their floor and ceiling compared to what you pay? So if you were paying a second or third round pick for a guy that gets a ton of his stuff from screens and you know big plays that he's got to generate everything, those are those are tough to. To come by in the NFL, but if you're paying a last round pick for someone that does that still, then that's the kind of guy that has one or two 100 yard games, and you're very excited about him. Exactly. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he how he does. But I think for people who do give him a shot in best ball and DFS some weeks, whatever it case is, hopefully it pays off because I do feel good about it. And obviously I'm biased. I'm a Raider fan, so we'll see. We'll see, man. Every Raider wide receiver can't do good, can they? I think so. <laughs> Well, I mean, apparently I've just said that all Jets players are the best fantasy That's players true. ever. So. No, well, it's all about value. It's all about value, Elliot. They're going where they where they should be, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was all the questions that we can get in for this episode. The last thing we're going to do before I let Elliot go is foul or no foul. Um, for those who are new to the show, um, who have never heard this segment before, who have never played it, whatever the case may be, I know you're playing when listening with us. Um, basically, what, what I do here is I just take statements that other people have given to me um, that I found out and about internet um stuff i see on tv whatever the case may be i think of these statements um and i throw them at our guest today is elliot and if he agrees with the statement then there's no foul on the statement so there's no foul no foul on the play however you want to look at it, there's no foul so the statement is good if elliot doesn't agree with it or if you listen at home or on your car wherever you're at your phone don't don't um don't agree with the statement then it's a foul so there's a foul on the play there's a foul on the call there's a foul on the statement however you want to look at it you don't agree with it all right, Elliot, you ready for this, man? Of course. All right, let's do this. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first one I got here is uh, from at the therapist. He, he gave me this idea. Um, Amir Abdullah 
is about to break out for real this time, foul or no foul. The for real this time makes it hysterical. <laughs> for real, for real, man. Like for real wow. this time. Like I know we've said it before, but for real, he's really gonna do it this time. Um This one's hard. I've been debating this one in my head. I'm gonna go foul. I think Abdullah can be a, a good back. I, I like his potential, but like when we went back to price tags, I think he's starting to creep up into that danger territory. Um, so I, I'll go foul, though I, I think he could get to eight or 900 yards this year. Right. Okay, so yeah, so this is kind of one of those things. See, I say no foul because I do think he could break out, but you're you're also bringing into play where you're getting him at and other players that you can get in that area and you feel more strongly about them and stuff like that, correct? Yes. Okay. See, so yeah, that's something that people always have to, of course, uh, understand. You know, from perception as far as where we're going with this. Um, so we, we, you do feel good about him in a sense. You just don't like where he's going. Um, I do feel good about him. I, I do believe he's gonna break out. Hopefully. So I'm gonna say no foul. Um, the next one, LeBron James will leave the Cavs and play for another team again before he retires. Foul or no foul? Yet? Uh, foul. But he's not. I don't. This. God, Twitter. Um, <laughs> Laker fans. It's more. It's just his wife wants to live in Los Angeles. Cool. Yep. We'll move. The, we, we'll move there when I'm done. Like I can't see him leaving Cleveland again. Especially, he just went to three straight titles to go play with the Lakers. I agree Who, with you, man. Who's on the Lakers? Like it's very clear at this point. LeBron James is about a championships and b Cleveland. Right. Yep. So why would you? be about neither one of those two things all of a sudden so i i I have to see that to believe it exactly i think um anyone who does think that is probably like prisoners of the moment because they're excited because the draft is nba drafts coming up free agency all that kind of stuff people get all crazy about this and super teams and he just lost to the warriors but i agree with you man you know the whole ordeal when he left cleveland how big of an issue it was and an impact that it made on his career um and he makes so much money, man. It's stupid to think that he has to chase L.A. or chase one of these big markets. I mean, he makes the place that he goes to a market. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? He, he gets could, anything he wants in Cleveland that he can get in L.A., you know? He can start a team in Alaska tomorrow. Exactly. And Sign be the only me one and that you. Plays. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the playoffs. Exactly. So, and, like, it's, it's, it's foolish, man. Thank you. I, it's just one of these things where – I've had friends talking to me about it, and I just, I just put my head down because I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just, it blows my mind that this is a thing. Listen, if LeBron James leaves Cleveland, I'll eat paper, Elliot. I'll <laughs> there eat we go. just that sheet of paper, just that little tweet, like you said, and put it in one of those things that you like also, and I can't think of the name of. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll leave. Um, the next one at two drink minimum, Macklin landed in a better fantasy position than decker uh team wise foul or no foul um no foul i'll say that the ravens throw the ball more they're both going to play the slot um i think the the fact that the ravens throw the ball more and there are less competitions for his targets i know we're all excited about perryman but i gotta actually see it um mike wallace is a good big play threat great on slants but macklin i think could fill some of the void that um, Pitt is going to leave. So I'm going to go Macklin over Decker. I agree with for, you for everything you said. <laughs> everything you said, I agree with. Um, the next one, Eden, quote unquote, the healthy versions 
of typically unhealthy foods like ice cream, cookies, bacon, stuff like this defeats the purpose of why you wanted to eat the bad food in the first place. Foul or no foul? Oh, foul. <laughs> so uh, this is a depends. I I suck at this game because I always have a depends and an explanation. <laughs> but like, for example, turkey bacon is gross. Get it away from me. I don't want it. But give me all the Halo Top ice cream I can have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I like when I when I'm eating healthy, I'm about the calories, not necessarily what I'm putting in my body. Mm-hmm. Now, don't tell Harmon because I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I'd rather have a hundred calories of Halo Top than a hundred calorie calories of Brussels sprouts. Like, I just he'll definitely tell you it's wrong. <laughs> I, I'm sure scientifically that is not correct, but you know what? I I feel okay about it. Right, I get you. The weight thing, calories in, calories out. Simply looking at it that way. Yep, I got gotcha. you. We talked about ice cream flavors last week, actually, last episode. What if, if you had to pick a flavor, just generally, I know you said Halo Top, but just generally speaking, what what flavor ice cream you like the most, man? Uh, anything by Talenti is the greatest thing ever. Talenti and beignets, man. But um, I want to say strawberry, but I don't know if you watch John Oliver. I, I watch him sometimes. I catch a lot of the clips and stuff. He had a, a skit about vanilla is for boring, chocolate is for normal people, and strawberries for perverts and so now i i feel some type of way for saying that my favorite flavor of ice cream is strawberry because i always feel like somewhere someone watched that and they're like no oh, he's a pervert yeah you're like, yeah let me get strawberries you're like pervert <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i'm a chocolate guy man last week yeah, last week we had mitchell renz on from gridiron experts and of course adam was here and you know they were knocking marshmallows and ice cream man you got an issue with marshmallows and ice cream like Rocky s'mores and Rocky Road and stuff like that. You like it, right? It's amazing. Man, I don't know why I was getting so much flack last week, man. You you can't really put anything delicious in ice cream like that's meant to be a dessert and make it worse. Like if you put cookies in ice cream, everything now tastes better. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I like Ben and so, Jerry's ice cream, man. If we're going to go like all the way guilty, all the way bad, I'm going Ben and Jerry's, man. Oh, yeah. That's, that's if you're going to like – if you're like – Fuck life. Let's go. Yeah. We're not, you up. do not read the calorie count on no, the end of that you can't. one. You like, can't. You'll, you'll depress yourself just looking you're at like, it. You're like, I ate 1,300 calories <laughs> in three, <laughs> three bites. It's terrible. And you're like, it was worth it. Three more. It like, definitely that's, was. It's so good. Ben and Jerry's, man. Holler at us, man. That would be a great <laughs> sponsor. Ben and Jerry's. Next one, man, because, again, we're back on food, and it's too late to think about it. Um, the last one, the last foul or no foul. This is, this is an interesting one, man. This is like a moral one, man. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, I like to do these. Uh, when I talked about saying bless you and Matt Harmon, we, he went on a tear. Um, so, so this one is the truth, no matter how painful it is to someone that you're, that you're telling the truth to, is better than a lie, no matter how small and irrelevant it is. Foul or no foul. Oh my god! This is um, this is really gonna make people judge you, man. They're gonna be like, oh, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, always tell the truth. That's what I try to do. That's, um, that's the, the nice thing to say, Elliot. The the little white <laughs> lies are the the tough ones, right? They like, are. Like it's not like, you know, did you cheat on me? Like that's not a white lie right. that makes you feel better. That makes her feel better because you say no if you did. Like. Um, not that I've ever done that for the record. I'm just using an example. <laughs> I gotcha. We're not trying but to like, incriminate you here. But like, does this look good? And you're like, well, if I say yes, she that's what she feels because she's now f- 
feels comfortable asking me, but I'm lying to her. Right. And if I say no, now I'm in the doghouse for like three hours. All right. So it's kind of <laughs> like it's it's kind of like the food thing too, right? Like if someone makes you food, and you're like, oh, it's not, I'm not crazy about it, but they're like, oh, you like it, and you're like, yeah, it's great, it's great. You're like. Why, why, like, the thing is with a lie, right? It's like, people always say, you shouldn't lie about anything. You should always tell the truth. The truth is always better. You know, la, da, da, da. But at the same time, like, when you lie for certain things, like you're saying, like, does this outfit look good? Does this food taste good? It's like, you're trying to protect that person's feelings. You know what I mean? And by telling them the truth or say something like, even if you just, even if when you tell the truth, even if it's not terrible, you're just like, it's all right. People get hurt. You know what I mean? So if you just say it's good, even though you're not like crazy about it, it's still, you know, you're a little stretching it, but you make the person's day, you know what I mean? Rather than destroy them. So it's kind of like you protect their feelings when you're doing a little lie. <laughs> yeah, plus, I mean, if you cooked me food and I didn't cook, your food by default is better than the food exactly. that I cooked. So therefore, it's better than the food that I would have eaten, so we're good. Exactly. We're justifying our little lies, man. It's all right. Yeah. We're just yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think it depends. Like, if my girl cooks for me and she's like, is there something I can do better? That's when I say it. But right. if she makes something for me, I'm not going to be like, that was the worst thing ever. Because <laughs> then I'm not getting any food anytime. <laughs> you're not getting any food and you're not getting a lot of other stuff. Let's be honest. There you go. There you go. We're, going, we're, we're going back to PG-13. We're, 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 we're skating the fence here, man. PG-13, rated R. You could have went rated R early on and you didn't, Elliot. So we, well, so we had to go PG-13. A little bit, but just no radars floating around here all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, man. That's it for the foul or no foul. That's it for the rank them. That's it for the questions. That's it for this episode, man. We, we've covered a whole lot. We spent a lot of time on this stuff. We went deep on a lot of topics. Hopefully, people who, who sent in questions, who are listening, um, got a lot of good information here because um, you put it all on the table, man. We went from football to morals um, to all to NBA to everything. So you gave them a little bit of everything, clogged out your style as always. Um, before I let you go, though, of course, I, obviously I want to thank you for coming on. I always appreciate you giving me your time and and having these conversations. It's always enlightening and entertaining. Um, but can you tell those who are listening? Most probably know who you are, where to find you. But for those who don't, um, can you tell them where to find you and, and the best ways to support what you do? Probably the best way to support what I do right now is following me because with the draft being over, I'm not writing a ton of stuff at the very moment. Um, my Twitter's at Elliot Christ, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. Um, follow and interact. I'm saying we talked earlier about pushing the conversation before uh, forward, but if I tweet something and you disagree, talk to me. I'm not going to be like, you're an idiot. I want to find out why you're thinking what you're thinking and tell you why I'm thinking what I'm thinking and see if we can advanced to maybe neither one of us is right and maybe there's a third alternative so um if you if you want to support me or help me out follow me and talk to me and let, let's try to learn more about football together yes I, I highly encourage that um elliot's a perfect dude to follow um if you haven't already told can tell by the podcast you know he, he elliot, you're willing to talk to people you're willing to to like you said go into those conversations whether you agree or not um and and find that you know either the middle ground the agree to disagree whatever it is you're more than willing to entertain it where most may not um so definitely follow elliot if you if you don't already and whenever he puts out great content please check it out retweet it favorite it like it share it whatever the case may be um as always elliot i do like to allow our guests to close out our conversation 
um, to leave a message for the listeners as if you didn't give enough advice already. Um, but uh, any, any kind of message at all, you know, we talked about your travels and your relationship and your job and football. I mean, anything that you want to close out on here, if they take away one thing to remember or one piece of advice, a message, a story, anything you want, um, the floor is yours to share that. Well, we're going to talk about my life. I would, I would say that, you know, my biggest advice to people is, you know, try to do things that make you happy. I, not everyone's going to be able to chase a dream with employment, but if if you have a dream, try to chase it outside of your employment. Um, too often we settle for different things, and you know I, I should be a pretty good example. Where a year and a half ago I was working in finance, and now I'm working in football after traveling the world. I mean, or traveling the country and going to a couple outside places outside the country. But you know, basically, if if you work hard, people will notice. Um, and, and chase your dreams, man. Absolutely, man. That's that's the goal here at Clock Dodgers is what it's all about as far as when I say dodge the nine to five mindset, I never want people to um, think I'm knocking nine to fives or knocking jobs or anything like that. Um, I'm always just saying that push past that mindset that nine to five is where it ends at. Kind of like you just mentioned. Um, out hustle, out work people. Um, nine to five doesn't end your day of being productive. <laughs> uh, chase whatever it is. Pursue whatever it is. Like you said, you never know where it takes you. You never know how far it'll go, but it's what you want to do. It's what makes you happy. So do it, man. Um, again, Elliot, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I always, it's always a good time, always a good conversation. So I appreciate it. Um, and thank you a lot, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Have, have, I want to come back on soon. I got to talk to Adam more about how fast quarterbacks throw. <laughs> yeah. Adam, don't worry. I don't be back. He's just got a busted up mic right now. We, I, I have forced him to uh, improve on his situation. So, um, He's on a he's on a light ban right now as a guest. So um, once he improves the situation, he'll be back, and we can argue about Deshaun Watson throwing speed all day. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you. Have a good night, man. You too. If you made it this far, you are a clock dodger, ride or die. I love you. You have no idea how much I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, guys, listen, Elliot's a great dude. Um, you you heard where to find him. Uh, if you if you're not already following him for for whatever reason, um, please do so. It is like he said the best way to support what he's doing right now. Um, so follow him at Elliot Christ E L I O T C R I S T. That's at Elliot Christ on Twitter. Um, again, official fantasy um, the rings the rings official fantasy rings. If you guys are looking to get you know to spice up your league just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, I'm going to be honest. It's not just a little bit. This 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 is a fantastic way, not just a little way, a huge way to make your league better. OfficialFantasyRings.com. Use the promo code. Get yourself 20% off. What is the promo code, you ask? Because I didn't listen to it in the beginning, and I skipped the intro, so I didn't hear what the, the promo code was. The promo code is Dodgers20. Dodgers20. Use it. Um, otherwise, if you have any interest in the charity league, which of course you do, hit me up. A lot of people have already, so um, you're going to want to do that pretty quickly when I do launch that charity link. I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll make it. A, I'll give you a fair shot, um, but definitely those are going to fill up fast. Just from the reaction we're getting already, I know that that's going to happen. Um, other than that, I got a lot of great guests coming up. A lot of exciting guests. That, literally, the schedule is jam-packed. Um, I got guests you know, lined up forever at this point, 
but uh, they're all from different walks of life. You guys know we don't just do fantasy football. We don't just do uh, music. We don't just do entertainment. We literally do any and everything, right? So if you know somebody who you think will be good for this show, um, a topic that's good for this show, someone that you want me to pursue to come on the show that you want to hear speak, um, tell their story, tell their journey, uh, whatever the case may be, feel free to hit me up. Clockdoctors at uh, gmail.com is an easy way to do it. You could just follow me on Twitter or Instagram at clockdodgers. Um, just hit me up anywhere. If you want to keep it private, you know, email me or DM me. Um, but otherwise, just hit me up on any of those things. Shout out to everybody on all the apps who who, uh, who rock with us, uh, Fancy Life app, Sleeper Bot app, uh, all, all the different places. If you rock with us, we appreciate it. Uh, and again, guys, easiest way to support us is to subscribe to the podcast, give us five stars, let people know about us, spread the word. Uh, you can use that PayPal link if you if you feel like helping that way. Uh, we do have a Patreon, uh, which I'll update soon uh, if you guys want to start using that as well. And anything you want to do to help, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. As always, be kind, be great. Keep dodging. Visit clockdodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.
I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.